This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. How you doing? I give a shit. I do. I do. Listen, listen. I got my eye on you guys. I'm going to help. We are going to be okay. We are going to be okay. It looks like the world is going to blow up, which it could, either that or burn, which it could. And uh, it's disturbing for all of us, okay? So if it's causing anxiety for you. Um, that means you're normal. And if it's not, that means you're repressed. So get with it, okay? Um, so I'm Dr. Lisa uh, from coming to you from Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for listening. Radio Free Brooklyn is, in fact, the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere because that's I that's my area, the whole Western Hemisphere, and that's what I know from from reviewing all the stations. So I want to uh, invite you to donate to our Drive to Find Drive to Five fundraising campaign because. Uh, we've got some great premiums and stuff. You can get a T-shirt that I designed, but you can also get a T-shirt by some really major other people that like Cosmo Vinyl. He's huge. He's huge. David Kramer, big artist. So you should check out our Radio Free Brooklyn slash Drive to Five, okay? Um, this station's really important important to our freedom, important to the people, important to, to, to everyone. And it's a good thing to contribute to. So here's my guest showing up right now. I got Chris Gers back coming in and I'm actually going to be able to give Chris some shit cause he's late. And, um, I'm excited about giving him shit because that's the fun part of being uh, a pretend ther You know, when you go to therapy and you're late, the, the shrink, the first thing they want to do is dig into like what's behind that, what issues you have, what resistance you have into coming into therapy. So I'm going to get on that right away with Chris. He's running out right now. He just walked in and now he's running out. Did you? You just he's saying he just came from therapy. Great. Well, well uh, put on your put on your headphones, please. But as long as Chris is here right now, I'm going to tell you about him, why he's getting himself arranged and and putting on his headphones. He's actually uh, has he's a crack podcaster and stuff like that. So he know he knows the drill. Anyway, I met Chris. uh a while ago, a comedy class initially, and Chris is a very, very well-liked, lovely, talented human being. And uh, this is what it says. This, this is what he's, he, I need to find out kind of like where his focus is. I mean, maybe he needs more focus. We're going to find out. But he's a comedian, producer, and writer based in Queens, which is probably why he's late. He currently produces and makes regular appearances on comedy podcasts, Dave Hill History Fluffer, Dave Hill's Podcasting Interest Incident. And so you're Canadian with Dave Hill. So he's heavily invested in Dave Hill. And I mean, Dave Hill is, you know, he's our God. He's yeah. kind of our God. I'm all in on Dave Hill. We're all apparently. in. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can totally, I totally relate to, to your. Yeah. 
partnering or whatever. You're yeah. just wanting to even be in the same room with Dave Hill because that's He's that's best. common. Everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people. Dave, shut up. I know if you're listening <laughs> that you're going. Nah, 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 nah. He's traveling right now. He's probably Is he? probably, probably yeah, he's traveling. Where's he going? I have no idea. He's going somewhere without you. Yeah. Yeah, he does occasionally. Really? And uh, you don't even know? Do you know where he's going? You don't want to say? I don't know where he I think he's doing some witch taint stuff right now. Oh, some music but, stuff. Um, I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. So I don't know. He oh. could be anywhere. I just follow his Instagram like everyone else. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, but you also do a lot of, Chris <clears throat> also does a lot of things, other things. He produces, uh, oh, he handles publicity for Risk with Kevin Allison, mm-hmm. which is huge, and Keith and the Girl. Mm-hmm. First podcast, most important podcast yes. ever. And he does work with Frank Conniff, who's really famous. And uh, he's the man, like we met at QED. QED, which yeah. is like the best comedy place in the five borough area that I used to make more of an effort to get to, but I've gotten really lazy. And Queens is so far from Bushwick, but... Uh, yeah. It's one by it's run by the inimitable, incredibly valuable person, Cambry Cruz. Yes, and who is a, uh, a, goddess, a god to us. A goddess. goddess. <laughs> and um, you got to know her because you happened to live near QED, right? Yeah, so I, I lived in Astoria for, I was just telling someone this yesterday, I lived in Astoria for 12 years, um, up until about a year and a half ago. So... But I've lived there for so long that I remember when there was literally like nothing in that neighborhood to uh. do. There was like the beer garden and that was it. Mm. And I wasn't a big beer garden guy. So uh, yeah, so five years ago, Cambry opened up QED and mm-hmm. I went there like a couple weeks after it opened because they were doing, um, uh, Lee, you know, Liam McEnany. Sure. Right? Yeah. He was doing a live taping of his podcast uh, there and I saw. Invite your friends. Uh Tell your friends, Tell yeah, your friends. and Tom Sharpling and Aparna and Charla Ron. Um, and yeah. I was a huge Tom oh. Sharpling fan. It was the first time I oh. saw Aparna, but I went there. I was like, "Oh, cool! Sharpling's doing something in my neighborhood." Like, I got it's like it was like five bucks or something. <laughs> so I went there, and I walk in, and Christian Finnegan is like running the door, and I knew Christian just like as a fan. And I was like, "Wait, what are you? Are you on the show tonight?" And he's like, "He's like, no, my wife owns the place. We just opened up." And I was like, "Oh man." That's so cool. So you were kind of a comedy fan and yeah. doing, were you performing comedy? No, no. You were um, a comedy fan. I was a big comedy fan. Oh. My wife and I used to go to Eastville Comedy Club a lot. Oh, um, you're real. You're the real deal. Yeah. Eastville like UCB, Comedy Club. Oh, um, real fan. I'm trying to think of where, there was like a bunch of, there were a bunch of clubs where, you know, like where the comedy cellar is now in Greenwich. Yeah, yeah. There used to be like a few other smaller ones. I mean, yeah. We had a, my wife had a friend who was doing stand up at the time. So we kind of got into it that way. Like we would just start going to see him and then like random, like Jim Gaffigan would like drop in. And like yeah. He does, and yeah, stuff, so. yeah. I saw him last night. I saw oh, him nice. perform last night. They had a great um, benefit for Emily. I'm not going to remember her last name, but it was great. It was at elsewhere and it was hosted by Josh Gondelman oh, and yeah. uh, Judah was there and, uh, Oh God, I'm not, let, let, let's not get yeah. sidetracked. <laughs> so, um, anyway, it's great to see you. Thank you. you I'm look so fabulous. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I'm late. 
Yeah, no, it's, that's okay. But we do. I do have to dig into. It's actually kind of okay. So here's the thing. Usually, I like people to come early so I can grill them on like what we're going to talk about and stuff. So uh, I'll just have to like. You just grill me. In I'm real not time. going to protect you this time. Like I'm not going to find out what you don't want to talk about or anything. It's all. Free. Oh, I, I talk about everything. That's it's what fine. everyone yeah. says until you bring up their mother. Uh, no, I can talk. I can talk okay. all about my mom. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, anyway, so, um, why were you late? We got to get down to this. Why, where's the resistance? Um, the resi- I put it because I my- told you to get here at one fifteen, and did. it's okay. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving you shit. I'm yeah. totally giving you shit. No, you should, you should. Yeah, I'm giving you give shit. Give me a lot of shit. Okay. So it's that's almost, what happened. But it's is almost- this. Oh, I was going to say, so is this like, are you late a lot? No, I'm like never late. So this is the thing is I, I got your email the other day and I put it into my calendar and you know how like Google, I don't know if you use Google, but like it automatically creates an event for you. Yeah. one fifteen. I said, right. You did say one fifteen, um, but the calendar invite like automatically created two to 3 PM. Uh, so I was on my way over here just double checking your email for once I got uh, off the train. I was like, oh, I was supposed to be here 45 minutes ago. Uh, so it's uh, not your fault at all, but I'm just No, an idiot. no, it's, 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 it, we're, we're not interested in finding <laughs> fault. We're interested in the resistance. So here's, here's the annoying question that this always annoys me when my yeah. shrink asks me this, but I'm going to ask you this. So is there any reason why you might have screwed that up or wanted no. to be late? No, I, uh, as someone who is constantly booking people on other things, yes, like I should yes. really be the last yes. person to be late to anything. Yes. Yes. So you, you're, but yeah. you were coming from therapy. Yes. Maybe you were focused on that. Maybe. Where was therapy? In Manhattan, Columbus uh-huh. Circle. Oh, and Columbus Circle. And what yeah. time did therapy end? Uh, a couple hours ago. Oh. And then I was working and then. Yeah. Well, anyway, (laughs) so here you are. And guys there, you know, there doesn't seem, I don't know. We're going to let this go. We're going to totally, but we got it out of the way, right? We we wrestled that to the ground. We examined it and now we're moving on. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, um, totally. It's fine. It's fine. We're moving on. Um, anyway, uh, I, you are, you know, like what I wanted, what's going on. So you're involved in so many things now, right? Yeah. So what is, what it's, is your life like for real? Like besides hell. this piece of uh, paper <laughs> that has all the facts on it. It's, uh, I mean, right now I just tell my therapist that it's been exactly a year since I've been like completely freelance, like just doing mm-hmm. my own thing. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was at, I was working full-time at QED for a couple of years. Right. And then once I started working with Dave, it kind of just, that took up so much of my time that I had to like step back from QED a little bit. So I'm still producing shows there, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not, I'm only working there once a week now. So Uh my role there is like way less than it. Than it yeah, ever you was. were like, yeah, right. You took you took a lot of initiative. It was impressive. You kind of helped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well can, they're in a good place now. I mean, they've got their yeah. thing going, right? Yeah. So, like, you were really helped out in the beginning when they were starting up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I that place opened. I started hanging out there, and then my wife got me the stand up class with Carol Montgomery. Yeah, that we were uh, both that, in. that we both both in. Great. Um, and then just from there, I just I don't know. I just took it super seriously and just kind of kept doing more and more and then 
Um, you would like weekly shows, regular. Yeah. yeah, you still do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Every Friday at eleven, now we're doing casual sets, which is like a late night stand up showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have like big names come in. Yeah, I noticed and stuff, and then um, movies are dumb, which is uh, the mystery science theater type show I do with Frank Conniff. Um, mm-hmm. And then Softcore, which is pretty much the same show as Movies Are Dumb, except it's me and Jen Waring showing a softcore porn movie. Mm. That's always really fun. Mm. Uh, the next one of that is on Valentine's Day, actually. Oh, nice. That's so a good uh, Valentine's nice. Day. I'll put the link date. for that on the uh, Facebook yeah. page with your other stuff. Yeah. Cool. And then, oh, God. So, so that's what's just, going, yeah. So that's, yeah, so that, now are you working with, so, did Dave like hire you? No. So Dave, we, you know, I'd known him for a few years just from doing stand up um, and kept running into him at QED and stuff. And then um, he was doing his radio show out in Jersey City. Right. The, WFMU. The, he doesn't yeah. do that anymore, right? He doesn't. Yeah. He stopped it because, it, you know, it's like a three hour long show. He lives in Manhattan. So he had to like travel all the way out there. And management change over there? I don't know. Well, he but, said he, whatever, we yeah. don't need the gossip right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh-huh. I think he was just, he was kind of exhausted with doing that. And yeah. I was just like, "What? have you ever thought about just doing it as a podcast, like in your apartment? And he's like, oh, can you, like, do you know how to do that? I was like, yeah, I have, <laughs> I have all the equipment. I'll just bring it over. And then, oh, wow. And then from there, we just kind of, you know, I just wanted to help him out as a fan. And he, oh, yeah. you know, I could tell he needed the help to like stay on schedule. Like I was looking back. Uh, so Dave Hill's podcasting is an the podcast he did up until he started doing the radio show. And then he was trying to do them both at the same time and then just stopped doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I was like looking back at older episodes and like, you know, he would upload one episode and then like three months later, release two more mm-hmm. and then like yeah, six months right. later, release a bunch more. Right. So it was kind of like, very sporadic. So I was like, and hey. and also like, I just want to let uh, you guys know who, who, who don't, if you haven't heard of Dave Hill, he is just a huge talent. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a huge, unique talent and uh, he knows I'm such a fan of his. Yeah. I'm always telling him that. Yeah. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He does it all. I don't know how, he but he, he's like, he's a great musician. He wrote the, the, he played, he is, Band does the music for John Oliver's mm-hmm. show. He, you know, he he he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He can deliver script, you know, scripted material. He can def- deliver unscripted. He has great taste, great yeah. clothes. Yeah. Uh, I want to go shopping with him. He's someday. pretty self-effacing, <laughs> I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, really self-effacing, right? He's like, he's really just kind of. Kind of shy, right? He is a little shy. Yeah. Yeah. I think he and I bond. We have a lot of the same uh, sort of mental illnesses, I guess you could say. Yeah. And yeah. like. You guys are comfortable. You're com- he's comfortable. Yeah. Sure. I feel yeah. like we, we bond over our, you know, mm-hmm. our clinical depression and medication. He's a pretty <laughs> private guy, really, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, it doesn't. He's like one of those comedians where you feel like, you know, him, but in the real in the real life, he's kind of totally. Yeah. Yeah. I only just met his girlfriend for the first time, like a few months ago. Yeah. No Um, one even knows he has a girlfriend. Yeah. Because, yeah, he doesn't talk about private his personal life really in public. He doesn't private, but he doesn't like. Yeah. It's not in his material or anything. Yeah. 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 
He's got the stage Dave Hill and the real Dave yeah. Hill, and you know both. Yeah. So they're um, pretty similar, though, to be honest. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Except you don't get to see him hanging with his chick. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. I bet she's awesome. She is. Yeah. yeah. She's very she's gotta cool. be. She's very supportive. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's cool. Um. Okay. So, Dave, what are you doing with Dave? You're. I mean, you're doing all that stuff. So, yeah. what's the routine like? You're working with um, him every day, or? Yeah. So we have three weekly podcasts right now. So mm-hmm. there's Dave Hill's podcasting incident, which is basically just. It's either Dave interviewing someone or me and Dave just chatting on the phone, basically. Yeah. And there's not a lot of structure oh, that's there. Done on the phone. Sometimes, sometimes we meet up in person. It's just you know I live in Queens, he lives in East Village, so yeah, it's, it sounds very good. Yeah, so it's you got uh, a good phone hookup. Yeah, right? well, because we each we invested in some good mics, and then we just tape them over Skype. Oh, great! And a lot of times, like people can't even tell the difference. So. You can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we have Dave Hill's podcast every Friday. Then there's So You're Canadian, which is on the Maximum Fun Network. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. show is just Dave interviewing one Canadian each episode. Um, it could be a well, like more well-known Canadian, like Malcolm Gladwell mm-hmm. uh, was on the first episode. Or it can just be someone mm-hmm. who listens to the show who's a fan. Cool. You know what? I want to get to like where, where your head is at. So you're doing yeah. these three shows, you know... <laughs> Three shows with Dave. Yeah. That's a lot of Dave time. Yes. Uh, there's money. In, that's the part of your living. And yeah. part of your living is the yeah. QED. And then you got other stuff going on. And then just on the and, publicity stuff, really. Yeah, you're um, doing press for other people. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, because once I started doing, you know, just trying to get press to write about Dave Hill's podcasting, as when we relaunched it, I realized, like, oh, I'm pretty good. You know, I was doing PR for QED. Um, oh, right. But that's, you know, it's a much different beast when you're trying to get press for a venue that has, you know, 100 shows every yeah, month. Yeah, right, right, right. Versus like, hey, do you want to just check out this podcast and write about it? It seemed a little less daunting. And then once I started doing that and we got some good write-ups and stuff like right off the bat, I was like, oh, I can, I you can, can do, do this, this for my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously, like, I know a lot of people in the comedy world, so I just started emailing people was like hey do you i'm trying to do more of this do you want to work together and i'll mm-hmm. do it super cheap just like so get the experience and luckily so many great people were I receptive bet. to that. like ted alexandra was like oh yeah sure because he was just launching a podcast oh, he was performing last night yeah he's, he's the best awesome. yeah. yeah and he lives in astoria too so i knew him a lot yeah uh, from qed and stuff yeah um, he's great he just had a baby yeah yeah i know super cute um but yeah, then, uh, so I started doing the press stuff and then I have like so many people I know do podcasts and I started doing press for them and I was like, oh, I think I can do this kind of full time. Uh-huh. And so I scaled back my time at QED and I've been able to just live off of like freelancing and podcasting. Fabulous. And, yeah. So that must feel great. It's great. Yeah. It? It's, I mean, it's stressful because you don't, you, you can't, can't control who's going to write about shit. Well, there's that. Yeah, that's always super frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. There's also like, I I kind of get into my. I was like, oh, if people aren't writing me back, that's because like they hate me and they don't. Yeah, wanna. you take it personally, right? <laughs> and so it's like, it can be hard. I I try not to take it personal because I know 
you know, these people probably like you probably get, you know, 50 emails like. A, no, I don't. But oh, but don't. I but I get I get 50 um, not people not writing back every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People yeah. are big on that. Yeah. 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 It's a tough world out there. So that but you're doing yeah. it. See, it's hard. I mean, I just do it for me mostly. But like it's I would think if I'm doing it for somebody else, I'd be like, fuck the, Fuck it. They just don't like the person. You take that personally too? Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I you do. really you really like got a lot of <laughs> I just get yeah. service in there. I take it like very seriously. So where where does your uh emotional uh stress or whatever your I mean, you know, where does it come from? Is it from your upbringing or is it uh just you come by it naturally? Is it chemical or what is it? What I do you think? I think it's it's probably, I don't know. I had an older brother growing up. I, see, I still do, but mm-hmm. kind of like tormented me a lot. <laughs> and I think maybe that had, that kind of like led to some anxiety or depression. I don't know. But, so maybe your brother, you've talked about all this stuff in therapy, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're well aware of all, you're, you're very well, what do they say? A self-awareness is the booby prize of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You think like because I do have a lot of anxiety issues that I wouldn't want to get into a field where I'm either constantly in front of a microphone or I'm trying to get the attention of people who, you know, eight billion other people also try to get the attention. So so are we talking about doing your own comedy? Because because you do do comedy. Is that something that you've thought about? making your priority or um not really once i once i started producing with you know started producing more live comedy and then doing the podcast and stuff i realized i enjoy that aspect a little bit more than just getting on stage and telling jokes really um yeah i just i don't know i i feel like you know when you and i were like in that stand-up class i felt like there was such like you know, I started going to open mics and every right. comic will tell you or any comic who's like trying to seriously pursue it. They're like, you just have to get up like four or five times a night. I or know. <laughs> and I was doing that for a while, for a few yeah, years. Yeah, I remember. I was yeah. really impressed. I was like, you know, I realized that at that class that I can't really do comedy because I can't really do that. Like I... I mean, even when I was, I know I'm old, but even when I was young, I wasn't that person. I still went to bed. I was all, I mean, I didn't ever stayed out all night every night. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah, that was the thing. I just got so tired of it. And then, you know, I was working at QED, so it was hard to like take nights off to do stand-up. But you gave it, you you did it. You did it, man. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to do it as much as I can. And then. I don't know if I got burned out. I was just like, I'm just going to take a break and focus on producing and writing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then. I just never started really doing stand up again, but I still, you know, I still I do weekly podcasts and I yeah. write stuff and I still get on stage and stuff. So I feel like yeah. I'm still you scratch that itch. a comedian, just not yeah. like a, you know, stand up, stand up yeah. comic. Oh. Yeah. No, it's I admire people that well, you have to really you have to want that so bad in order to like get in that ring. It's hard. I mean, yeah, it's. I, I see people who are absolutely like just killing it and doing so much work and still not making like it. making it. Yeah. And it's, I know, you know it's, it's like being discouraging in a to see. It <laughs> is. It's the most discouraged. I know. But, uh, I, you know, I, never, I used to play in a band and that, oh, yeah, to me, well, that was so much harder. Really? To, yeah. Like just to, 
you know, number one, when you're doing stand up, you get instant feedback. So if you tell right. a joke and people are laughing, it's like, right. oh, that was funny. If people yeah. aren't laughing, right. like, oh, that, that joke was You're right good. there with the audience. With, you know, with music, you could play for an hour and people will applaud after every song. But like, mm-hmm. you don't really know if they're actually enjoying it. That's nice. Though. That sounds great. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love that. No, no dead silence. Yeah. I That's think, wonderful. No, but I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I think I just, I, I, I think I just prefer. Well, I, 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 yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I uh, give you a lot of credit for um, working your way through that. And mm-hmm. now you're, you know, this is good. This is a good example, folks. He sort of, <laughs> he went, he went strong onto a road and found a highway that was good for him. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? But the whole thing is you didn't just say, fuck it. I'm staying home. You right. went out and did it, which yeah. is really impressive. Thank you for everyone, for yeah. anyone, who you know, anyone, yeah. wherever you go. Yeah. Um. So I want to hear about your brother. So how many kids in your family? <laughs> it's just me and him. And your parents. And my, you know, yeah, my parents. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, how much older is he? He's two and a half years older. And um, what's your relationship with him like now? Um, Like today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> today is fine. I don't know about tomorrow. Um, so it varies. He, it varies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We. Uh, yeah. And and um, what was it like when you were growing up? Like, how did he how did he treat you? How did your parents he, handle it? Um, I think like the story that I've always been told is like he was such a great kid, and then I was born, and he like changed dramatically. <laughs> so I think there's always been a little bit of like a jealousy type thing. And ah, then, so mm-hmm. and then there's also you know me constantly wanting to be accepted by him too, and like we are. You know, we are friends and we're close and everything. And I, you know, he has two kids who like I absolutely love and everything. But, um, you know, he really knows how to push my buttons as well. So every I feel like every few months or so we get into some big blow up and then stop talking for a couple of weeks and then just uh-huh. make up. And what kind of you know. what kind of things does he? Um, oh, God. Um, I'll tell you like, the most well, recent. Yeah. Most recent thing was uh, my my. My uh, parents retired and moved upstate a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And so they live in this house now. And, you know, we grew up in a tiny apartment in Queens. So mm-hmm. very much used to like re- four people sharing one bathroom. Yeah, I can relate to that. I can totally relate to that. I can totally relate to that. Um, but now my parents had this house upstate. And so my wife and I, we have this like tiny little bedroom that's, you know, it's fine for us. And then there's like a a bathroom that's kind of like the general bathroom for the entire house. Uh, and that's like our bathroom. There's a shower in there and everything. Um, and then my brother has this huge bedroom in the very back with a bathroom connected to it. And, you know, he has the two kids. So of course, like that's the one he should take. However, he makes a point of only using our bathroom the entire time. He's wow. So like, I think he was there for like 20 and he's, you know, it'd be one thing if it was just using the bathroom, but he's also just he's very like, passive aggressive. It's a little passive aggressive. It's and very passive aggressive. He's slobbish. And but do you water. tell him, do you set your boundaries? Oh, do you yeah. tell him directly? And this then isn't what is the first time in? we've argued I about this. I want to punch this guy right now. Where is he? <laughs> he's at work. He's like, there's no way he's ever going to hear this either. So, um, but he, until, yeah, <laughs> um, he, but uh, like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I was, you know, I was just talking so about this too. It's like, I don't think it was his intention. Like, oh, I can't wait to get up there and then use Chris's bathroom just to piss him off. But 
at the same time, when he does it and I call him out on it, he starts smirking like he did do it on purpose. <laughs> so he doesn't respect your boundaries. No, not at all. So when you were growing up, how did you like what happened then? Did you how'd your parents handle that? Um, I think they just separated us a lot. Well, I don't really know. Like well, I know uh-huh. we like what what would happen when you're growing up? Was there a lot of fighting? Yeah. Was there so, Oh yeah. A lot of physical fighting, a lot of just kind of uh, you know, we, I, I feel we moved when I think I was six and he was nine. Mm-hmm. And I think that move, like he had, you know, friends that he knew from kindergarten that he suddenly mm-hmm. was like pulled away from. And then I kind of just started from scratch right. like in kindergarten and a new school. And, um, so I think that might've caused like some aggression between us. Like, he's like, oh, he gets to just grow up with this group of people and I have to like start over. At so he's nine. always comparing himself to you. Yeah, probably. Well, do you, do uh, what was I going to say? Um, wow. So what I what what um what's he like? Like, is he? I mean, do other people find the issues? Do other people have the similar issues with him that you have with? Oh him? yeah, yeah. So he's like that. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of guy. If he was sitting in here, he would just rip a fart and not even acknowledge it oh (laughs) you would just sit here so but how did he get married (laughs) that's a good question i don't know no he's been married for um i think they're gonna be it's gonna be five years but he has friends does he have friends Yeah, he's married they have have social life kids they have friends they you know they he's a good father they're both Mm -hmm. very good parents what kind of job does he have he works at this um I should probably know exactly what they do, <laughs> but he works, yeah. he like, he manages like presentations for like these big, like corporate meetings. Like oh, he's in charge job, of like, right? I mean, yeah. it's, he's in charge of, yeah, yeah, he's doing, he's been there for a while. Yeah. So, so he's got to uh, have a shit together. We're not talking about a totally crazy person. Oh here. no, no. I mean, yeah, he totally, he has a shit together way more than, than I do. Uh, probably ever will. <laughs> but. So, so have you guys had any direct conversations about your relationship? Yeah. And what's yeah. his his take? Uh, we haven't had one in a while. Uh-huh. You know, we were at each other's throats, I feel like, until the time that he went to college. And then once he went to college, he kind of like mellowed out a little bit. And then we were able to get along. We became really close. Oh. Um, so like throughout, you know, like since I was like 20 or so, like he's been a pretty big force in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every relationship has its, what do you look downs. up? You look up to him in a certain way. What, what, what about it? Is it just cause like when he was older, he was, you know, able to do shit or what is that? Um, or, or, do you look, I mean, yeah, no, I totally you? do. He's really just, he's like the smartest person I know. By oh, far. he's smart. He's, well, he's very, yeah, he's very book smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he knows like every like you can ask him like hey so you know in World War One like what exactly like and he'll tell you for like three that hours encyclopedia thing. yeah yeah what about um what was I gonna say um so he's smart he's smart that way but um what about like with you know people and emotional emotional IQ um you mean like as far as him having like tact or like awareness self-awareness awareness of other people zero zero 
It's like a little bit like a um, autist. Uh, what do they call that? Yeah. Yeah. It, do you think spectrum, that's maybe? Yeah. I don't know if he's ever been uh, evaluated. But his that. emotional needs are very, very different than yours. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that's part of it too. Yeah. So, did your parents? I'm wondering if your parents like took charge of that and protected you, or or not. I think they did a little Cause bit. Because I'm a little but... mad at them. <laughs> Feeling a little angry at them. They... Have you talked to them about it directly? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do they say? Um, I think at this point they just wish that we, you know, we're both in our 30s. Like we should just be getting along. <laughs> but do you... they know, I mean, they know that he, he goes out of his way to piss people off. So it's not. He's an, it's not exactly shocking yeah. like when he does. He's an angry uh, guy. Do you, yeah. do you, have you worked on like keeping your boundaries separate from him and all that? Yeah. Like, like don't take him personally and you know, who he, I've learned, I mean, you I do take him personally though. You take everything personal. Yeah. Cause that's you. I know. Why do I do that? It's really hard. <laughs> um, no, I don't, he, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I forgot what your question, your most recent. Oh, I was one. just gonna say, um, does like do do? I'm just trying to figure out. Like, you obviously have the self awareness to mm-hmm. know that, like, what the story is and how it happened, and it's not a you know nothing you did and all that. But yeah. do you do um do you have the bound like do you have the coping skills? Because here's my my opinion about therapy is and all this shit. Mm-hmm. related is that you can't like i mean my mother is yelling in my head all day long yeah and it's fucking annoying <laughs> and it's bullshit mm-hmm. but i know it's going on and i know like i can see i cope with it i know yeah. like i'm not gonna let it de- destruct me yeah. i'm not gonna let it lead me to destructive behavior so i'm saying have you gotten your brother in that category in your brain in that camp i th- i i sometimes think that I do and then he'll do something like use my bathroom 20 minutes after. No, no, I'm talking uh, about with other people. Like I'm wondering how your relationship with him, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter anymore what your relationship with him is like. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if that relationship carries over to other, other relationships. And I'm also thinking about like the relationships that you've developed with Mm -hmm. all these guys yeah you know that you respect i do uh, and are you aware of that right i never really thought too much about how like there's a correlation between that but now that you mention it yeah absolutely like i i am constantly the boundary thing like i never want to overstep my boundary like i don't want to i don't ever want to come off as like too aggressive I guess with the guys you work with. Yeah. Yeah. With anyone I work with and with him, I think it's like the complete opposite. Like he will be aggressive with anyone. He doesn't care. So this is, this is, so you'll be aggressive with, Oh, but what about him? With him? Um, I can get, I mean, we've, you know, we've gotten to screaming matches. We haven't gotten. So, so your relationship with him has formed your relationships with uh, the people you work with in a sense in that you are very careful about not crossing boundaries with them. Yeah, I think Which so. Which is probably a good thing, right? I would think so, yeah. I mean, do you think it holds you back? No. I, I feel mean, like... I, it's a good thing, right? It does, it, I think it is a good thing, but mentally I'm... Oh, in my head, I'm like, sh- like, you know, 
is like is so like is Lisa going to be mad at me two hours from now because I was forty five minutes late? I'm like and that like, too. No, I'll that's spiral. why I love you because I'm the same way. <laughs> I'll like no, spiral. no, no. Or like no. someone will like you know write an email to me and I can read it like oh no they didn't mean anything by that or I mean like that was a total dig. And no, I'll, I'm th- I was yeah. thrilled actually. You reached out to me to be on the podcast. I was totally oh, yeah, totally or the radio show and I was totally thrilled and flattered. Nice. So yeah. yeah. No, but I I'm the same way. Yeah. You know and I I get that. I get that feeling. I think a lot of people are but no one wants to admit it except for us cuz yeah. we're not afraid of that. Yeah. Um yeah. but here's what well when what I am concerned about for you chris Mm -hmm. is i'm concerned (laughs) i'm invested in this already (laughs) it only took a half an hour i'm really invested in this now so i think what i'm concerned about for you is that your relationship with your brother which is still affect like you know it's still it's still affecting you you're still you're still trying to work you haven't quite you haven't been able to and i i no totally makes sense you yeah. haven't been able to quite separate from him yeah. right in the yeah, way yeah, that yeah. his he still has an effect on you yeah so, totally he's an aggressive asshole oh, sorry <laughs> uh of course he does and um the thing is is that i'm i just don't want that to hold you back yeah with with the other people that you're working with because it feels to me like you are mirroring some of the same or that you may be trying to resolve what the fuck do I know? Yep. You may be trying to resolve <laughs> some of your issues with your brother, with the guys that you're working with. Maybe. You yeah. Think? I think there is a little bit of like, I want an older, more like mentorish type of like a, a mentor to like kind of be that kind of older brother figure. Mm-hmm. And I do find myself a lot like the people that I work with. I do st- start to think of them. And I have to be careful not to like cross the boundary where I'm like, you know, constantly seeking this person's approval or something. But right. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I think there is. So yeah, I mean, I know, like for sure. I mean, I I haven't seen you and Dave together much, but I know Dave well enough to mm-hmm. sh- be sure that he tr- really respects you and treats you with respect. Yeah, and I think yeah. the rest of those guys do. So is that healing for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's I'm even still kind of shocked. Like you know, we went, we uh, Dave was doing this festival in Portland a couple months ago, and they asked him if he wanted to do any of his podcast while he was there and he was like yeah i'd love to can you just fly my producer out and they're like sure and they flew me out there and then i didn't have anywhere to stay and he's like just stay in my like we'll just get two beds and just stay in my room and like the whole weekend just like he's just going out of his way to make sure he like included me in everything and like that's the kind of like like yeah and that's he, so Dave. i don't even know if he if it's like intentional or that's just like how he is i think that's just how he, I he's think just that's a very how he like is caring and supportive person yeah he's but, uh, he's an unusually yeah yeah he's unusual yeah in the, in the best yeah. way and he really just like you know a couple of years ago like just basically just took me under his wing and was like He's like, yeah, let's just work on stuff together. So you, and, uh, which is yeah. good for both of you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's great that, but you yeah. made that happen. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You should own that. Own that. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, no, it's interesting thinking about thinking thinking about that. How mm-hmm. uh, those relationships? How you wound up? It's so funny how you wound up in those in in a relation in those kinds of relationships. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's other people I work with that I feel like you know Frank Conniff is the same way. He's someone I you know grew up watching on TV, and mm-hmm. now I text with him on, mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. So that's like it's kind of you know it's kind of surreal. But like I do, you know. I don't think anyone finds a mentor or, you know, just by like, you know, posting on Craigslist or something. Well, no, there's chemistry involved. Yeah, it feels it has to be a kind of like a natural. Well, also because you were pursuing your interests yeah. in comedy and stuff like that. And, yeah. But also like you found a good, like a place that had the same kind of values, like a nice place. Yeah. You know, QED and Cambry and, and yeah. Christian are fabulous people. And yeah, yeah. So it kind of clicked, whereas like yeah. there's a lot of other places that aren't. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Cam- Cambry too. I mean, I have yeah. to, she really like, I would have absolutely no career in comedy if it wasn't for her. So. No, I see. I see it's, Cambry as, as a, a mentor to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people. She's just taught me so much and, uh, I'm forever grateful for her. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, when I scaled back my time there at QED, I was like, Oh, we're not going to get to hang out as much, but I'm still there. I like all the time producing stuff. So we still get to see right, each other. Lot, right, right, like, right, right, right. But yeah, that's kind of like another, like what was your relationship with your dad like um it's always been good um we've always been close but what is what is it like like are you guys is he is he like an a real authority figure does he take charge of things does he let let you does he not like i'm picture this is what i'm picturing i'm picturing that like he's he work he what does he do um, well, he's retired now. But what did he do? He worked as a project manager for Citigroup. A project like, manager for like thirty so, something years. So he's a he's a guy just like what your brother does. So he's kind in of, charge yeah. of everything, and he, maybe yeah. he like did some take charge stuff at the family. But then I'm having a feeling like he didn't. He was definitely the more my mom. I feel like was the more authoritative type. But as I, I mean, but I yeah, but really... but maybe he. I feel like he didn't really. Maybe he wasn't noticing you. Hmm. Maybe. Like he was, he didn't really think about you a lot. Maybe. I think. I mean, he loved you, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just not like that. I feel like, I mean, at this point, like I know now, whenever my brother and I get into these fights, my parents tend to side with me. Oh, <laughs> and I know that's that they don't. nice. Yeah. But it's also like, it's usually like pretty black and white. It's like. Like, yeah, he's out of his mind. Why would you, <laughs> why would you deal with that? But, um, so when you were a kid, like, yeah. did he, was he specific about, you know, you should do this and you should do that or guiding you or no, not really. Discipline? They, my, my parents pretty much, they, I think they wanted us to pursue things that interested us and they didn't want us to feel obligated to do anything. So, um, and not that like I jumped around a lot, like, mm-hmm. but I, I remember, I played little league, I think for like six or seven years. And those like last couple of years, I just, I hated it. And I think at one point I just mentioned to my dad, I was like, I don't really like doing it. He's like, Oh, well stop. You don't have to do it anymore. And I thought in my head, I was like, I have to keep doing this because my dad wants me to. And then like, as soon as I bring it up to him, he's like, Oh yeah, you don't, whatever. You know, I was much more into like art and music than sports and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, 
Were you the uh, only one in your family or parents, brother like that? Or was um, it really you? Uh, the artist, I mean, my brother has always been a writer. He's been a writer since, mm-hmm. uh, as long as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. but he, I don't think he really ever pursued that much until he got like old, like until mm-hmm. he's like in his twenties. No, like um, but yeah, I mean, growing up, I was always really into just like art and, and doing music. I always wanted to be a radio DJ. So like the fact that podcasting is so accessible now, is like a dream. Like if I had known when I was a kid, like, oh, yeah, you can just do basically a radio show in your own mm-hmm. apartment. Like, that would have mm-hmm. blown my mind. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Your personality is so, to me, consistent and cheery. Oh, thank you. But does it, it doesn't, it's not like that for you, is it? No. What's it like for you? It's a uh, house of horrors. No. <laughs> like, what's it like? What's it like in there? People tell me that. People always tell me that, like, you always seem so chill and relax and i'm like really like i always feel like i'm on the verge of mental breakdown really yeah like what like what uh just uh is is it more like what other do you get caught up in what other people are thinking yeah i do a A lot lot, right yeah and so therefore you have a hard time knowing what you want yeah yeah it's a good that's a good observation oh no (laughs) no don't so then see here's what i want to see i'm pissed i paid for therapy earlier (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should have a meeting with your shrink yeah next time bring me along no but the whole thing is is like here's what i'm saying for for, that i want for you is that i want to and i think you're on this track Mm -hmm. but i want to see you keep developing your own things because i think that it's really important that we all recognize how smart and charming Mm -hmm. and witty and productive and capable Chris Gersbach is. Thank you. And a lot of that, and I I go through this too, and a lot of that I think is, uh, there's a lot of, and I I know exactly what you mean, a lot of energy gets put into, you. I think it's hard to know what what, who we are and what we want Mm -hmm. when we're concerned about how that's going for other people. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm worried about you creatively. That's what I'm saying. I want to see you keep developing creatively and that stuff gets, you know, you don't want that stuff to get in the way. Yeah. I don't think the creative stuff like that, I don't feel like that ever gets like, I'm always like coming up with new ideas and things to do and stuff. Um, but I and do you're getting good encouragement. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my thing is more like, I don't want to ever seem like I'm bragging about something. Like I'm like, I'll post a status like, Hey, we're doing this festival next month. And then like, it'll get two likes. And I'm like, Oh my God, does everyone just think I'm like a pompous asshole? <laughs> like why? And I will, I, I will go into like spiraling. Like I'll spend like an entire weekend. Oh, like, wow. Upset about something like that. Yeah. Wow. I think that's really, really common, you know, and I think that's like a social media thing because it's really hard to know, like if you get what you get a response from, what you don't. But also, you you know, it's sort of ironic that you put yourself in this situation in Mm -hmm. entertainment, yeah, which is like the most ego-based, driven. (laughs) And it's also just so like, it's such an unfair business, just, you know, in terms of like the, you know, they've, 
Hill has been doing stand up for 15 years. He hasn't done a stand up special yet. You know, yeah, I know. It's mind blowing. You know, I always say to Dave, and um, I don't know. I feel like I, I mean, I mean it in the best way possible. And I hope my husband. See, I'm worried what Dave thinks because my husband once <laughs> said it was insulting or something. But I always say to him, like, you know, like you should have your own TV show. Like yeah. Dave would be such a great a, a like talk show. Yeah, like talk show host yeah. for like. A major network or yeah. any, you know, anything co- like instead like of, Con- I'd rather see him instead of Conan. Yeah. At this point, I think I would. <laughs> yeah. So I love Conan. I don't mean that. No, respect. I don't know. I don't know enough about Conan. <laughs> Conan. He's, I like Dave. Dave is a much more accessible. Like Conan seems like pompous to me. Yeah. Dave's just kind of like your funny friend who's always got the right comment to make, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, is that how you see him? Yeah, he's. Just, Do you think he's really socially graceful? He's just very quick, and mm-hmm. I never see it coming too. So a lot of times, like we'll just be having conversations, or we're doing the podcast, and like he's he's the funniest guy on the planet. He know. is. He really <laughs> is. Yeah. So what do you? Can I ask you? Can we talk about Dave? What do you think? Do you think there's anything holding him back? Yeah, I think all the same things that are holding me back. Really. <laughs> He's very, he really, you know, like I said, like, I don't want to ever see like I'm bragging. Like he doesn't even want to, I think, I think he's worried like 10 times more than I am of seeming like someone who's like too self-indulged. Really? Yeah. Why? why? I don't know. Like, you know, we have, we have a Patreon uh, Mm -hmm. for our podcast and it does, you know, it does it does well. We, you know, it's sure. It's enough for us to want I mean, to keep doing Dave it. Has how many like um Twitter followers? He must have like a well, half a million had, or something. No, he had like something like eighty, ninety thousand yeah. followers, and then and they banned him from Twitter. So he's oh not on yeah, there, there was a thing about that, right? But <laughs> but that's a. I mean, that's yeah. something. I mean, that's proof. oh yeah. No, he's got a great. I mean, everywhere. You know, we were walking around Portland, and like people were like yelling at stuff at him from the. He's a celebrity cars. for real. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like after only hanging out with him in New York city for four years or whatever, it's like, I never really experienced that. And then you take him out of New York and it's like, Oh yeah. Outside of New York city, like a lot of people know who he is. Sure. And, yeah. Yeah. I um, know. But it must be funny to see that. Like, of course people in New York know him, but when you get yeah. out and then you guys probably all know who knows him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. I feel like everyone knows him too. Like every comedian knows who he is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you think that Dave doesn't promote himself enough? Well, he doesn't like with the Patreon, like, you know, the only way to really grow it is to just like you have to constantly like ram it do down. Do what we do throats. here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Please <laughs> donate. Oh, did I tell you to donate? And I mean it, folks. Donate. We really do need the money. This yeah. is important. This is a lot of people. It's not just one guy. Yeah. It's like 80 people here. But go ahead. Um, now. Well, yeah, I'm just, you know, he says that on the podcast, please support us on Patreon and everything. But I'm always like, you have to like really engage. Like you have to get on social media and say like, hey, we need your support. And he doesn't ever want to do any of that. And I understand. <laughs> But um, does he feel yeah. frustrated with his career? I mean, it seems golden to me, but it does to me, too. I think he does get he gets frustrated about it. Yeah. But not enough to. Well, I've seen, I kind of understand it's, you know, I saw him. He Were you at the Union Hall taping he did? 
I don't think so. Um, it's like back in September, he did like two back to back shows for his mm-hmm. new. He he recorded a stand up album, but he also also uh, had a camera crew there to film it and everything. I think they're going to try to um, shop it around, but you know, it was an hour long special and it is all jokes that I've seen him do before. And I was still like laughing my ass off mm-hmm. in the back of the room mm-hmm. watching him do it. Um, but you'll like, you know, I've seen quite a few stand up specials that have made it onto Netflix, Amazon, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, they're just not as good as, yeah. as his. And I'm like, why is he not getting like, why is he That's not doing exactly how I feel about him? Yeah. It's, and I can't fa- I, mean, I don't know why. Like, I, I, I haven't heard because he's really <laughs> successful, but why he 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 should be like a mass. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. boggling. So, yeah. Humility. Uh, Humility is just bad. Yeah. Humility. Do you think do you think like, for example, um, actually, we only have seven minutes left. But like one time I met Amy Schumer. I did a session, a therapy session with her actually oh, wow. in my own home, oh. in my own private office at home. Oh, wow. For a project. Um, how long ago? 2010. Oh, okay. So like right before she, yeah, she was touring colleges with David Tell opening for Mm -hmm. David Tell. I mean, yeah, not too shabby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and the, you know, she was that night, she was in between sets at the comedy cellar. So, uh, the thing about Amy is, I mean, I don't pretend to know her really well, but man, that chick has an ego. Really? Ego. Yeah. So do you think you need that to get as successful as her? I'm just curious. I'm just really, really curious. We were doing this thing about, we were doing this project which involved a photographer, an arty project that was about the woman you're afraid, who are you, the woman you're afraid of turning into. Mm -hmm. And her thing was that she was afraid of turning turning into an isolated person because too many people like her mm. or wanted something from her. Mm-hmm. And so I was just sitting there. I didn't know how to handle I mean, because I never heard that before where somebody's going like, you know, everybody wants to like a piece of me after the show and everybody, you know, yeah. my mother was charismatic and people just like me. It felt like she was saying people like me too much. And yeah. that's my worst problem. Yeah. So I wonder about that. I will, all creative people want in every field, right? Yeah. And actually like working more and more with Dave, he's opened my eyes up like, like uh, I, cause I view him as a hugely successful comedian oh, yeah. and, but I hear him complaining about things and I'm like, oh, so even when you get the success, you still like, if you're a creative person, you're still going to feel like it's not. It's never enough. enough. <laughs> I think I think that's it's true. Like, it's oddly comforting in a way because like I can get upset at myself about that kind of thing, but then just remember well, even if I did get that, I still might be kind of miserable. So you'll be the same person. I've seen that. I've seen that in our world, like yeah. Uh Mick Lane Thomas one time I interviewed her and she told me that um something like how how upset she was that she didn't get in the Whitney Biennial. Oh, you wow. know, and here's a woman you might not. Do have you heard of her? Her Mm-mm. paintings sell for like six figures, easy wow. or more. You yeah. know, yeah. so um, and she's brilliant. But anyway, um, so we only have four minutes left. But I want to make sure, like, so what? What? What are your goals? What are your long term goals? Oh man, my one of my 
goals last year was to get one of our podcasts into a comedy festival and we got into three. So that oh, that's fabulous. Um, I don't know. This I would as much as I love doing publicity stuff, I would like to just do podcasting stuff more. Like so, your own podcast? Yeah, I'd like what Dave and I are doing. Like I'd like that to be our like main source or my main source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to how to really do that. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, that's what that's what would be Yeah. That's something that you would be happy doing like doing yeah, if I doing could, a podcast. Yeah. Doing if your I, own podcast with another person that you like. Yeah. And if then I could just do that full time. Is that a is that a so money making pop possibility? It can be. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um but you know we're both I know we're both mm-hmm. equally committed to it. So So no kids for you guys? No. Yeah, yeah. There's no. I, I always say reproducing is useless. You don't have kids, right? Uh, uh yeah. well I have a stepson who I love dearly. Yeah. But I didn't I didn't have to deal with like I didn't make a decision about that. Yeah. And, I mean about having that. And uh my my wife and I before we got married, we were both just like, I don't really care. Like we were not dying to have kids and they were like, Well let's let's just say we're not planning to have kids. And then if one of us decides, then we'll start talking about it. And then like my brother had two kids and, you know, love those kids. But every time we babysit them at the end, we're like, yeah, we definitely don't like, we don't want to have kids. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, (laughs) every single time. It's a big commitment that has no, and it's so unpredictable. It's an 18 year commitment. Oh, I don't know. You know, I have so being a stepmom, you're not really on the front lines. So yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah. I, but it's hard. I mean, I was, I've seen it close up. It's, it's, uh, totally. yeah. Uh, okay. Two minutes. So let's talk about what we want to make to remind people about what, what there's so many things. It's Chris Gers, Chris dash Gersback.com. Yeah. That's my website. Um, so you can see all, I have mm-hmm. all my, uh, my events on there and all the podcasts I do on there. Um, mm-hmm. that's probably the best spot to just go. And then, you know, I'm on Twitter at CS Gersback, Instagram at mm-hmm. CS Gersback. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on Facebook, but I hate it. And yeah. <laughs> would like to not be on it anymore. Yeah. Uh, my field, it makes it kind of hard to do, but. Are a lot know. of comedians, um, leaving Facebook? I feel like more comedians are gravitating towards Instagram just for like promotional. Yeah. And I, I always have the most success promoting on Instagram anyway. Is that um, right? Here's a tip. Facebook Facebook sucks. Facebook sucks. I find it the easiest to use. I do too. That's that's the problem is that, you know, it's like the first one that I really got started on. So like I feel comfortable there. I like I like it because it's visuals and headlines. Like mm -hmm. it's not just all visuals isn't my thing. I like writing and pictures together. Yeah. 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 And Instagram's not that. I know. It's it's all pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So um don't you think do you think uh, it would be great, like Chris? Tell people that that um, they should go to our Drive to Five campaign. You guys should totally go to the Drive to Five campaign. Did I say it right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is? Because um, you know what, we're having our fifth anniversary. Oh. Of the station must have started oh, right wow. when QED started. That's right? awesome. Yeah. This is my fifth year. This That's is like I've been doing this like five That's... years now. Can you get over it? You're my two hundred. And uh, 22nd show. And it's weekly. It is weekly. That's, and we're going to have to get you to come back because yeah. we have the, you've got a lot of problems. Chris. I know. Got, you've got a lot of problems. We, you're, 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 you're like, a, you know, you're like clay to work with. It's really fun. 
So um, anyway, but I do want to remind everybody to stay tuned because we've got so much great programming. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. Dr. Lisa gives a shit. 